the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back. Well, I should say welcome to a very special edition of The Superiority Complex. Coming to you live from the Apocalypse Bunker, on the line, John Sandy. How's it going? How you doing, John? Good. Do you have any zombie repellent? <laughs> <laughs> Are you out of it, or do you have? Do you carry zombie repellent? I wonder if the lily pot carries. She's got to have some kind of uh, bug resistant flowers. I'm mm. We're doing this uh, special episode for our friend, the lily pot. You've heard us talk about the lily pot, and you can find her online at. It's I always forget. It's uh, I got to look it up on Twitter. I will look it up very quickly. At the lilypot underscore. So the little underscore is at the end. At the lilypot. And she is in, uh, in, the, in the UK, in the north, in, in Standish. Standish, like Miles Standish, John. How, how close is that to Manchester? Uh, let's ask. Uh, Stephanie, how close is uh, Standish to Manchester? Oh, very good. That close, John. What do you think of that? Oh, it's not close. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of that? No, I said that close. What do you think of that little oh. bit of? What do you think of that bit of theater? See, we played along. She, she answered out loud. Hopefully, she she's actually going to be playing this in her shop while people are trying to buy flowers. They're going to oh, be. Cool. They're going to be listening to two idiot Americans. Oh, I know. So you're gonna go, Why are you listening to an, a radio, to an American radio show while you're selling flowers? Uh, radio is a strong word, John. I'm going to say radio. I'm going to stop you right there with radio. But yeah, yeah, two 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 American blokes <laughs> while, while you're trying to sell. Well, would you like some pretty pretties for your doxy, governor? <laughs> Mother. <laughs> Shropshire Slasher. <laughs> Name? Shropshire Slasher. Occupation? Shropshire Slasher. Beautiful, beautiful, good. I want to do what's right, I do. <laughs> uh, tell me, Holmes, at what school did you learn to be a detective? <laughs> elementary, my dear Watson. <laughs> elementary. <laughs> okay, now that we've thoroughly annoyed everybody in that flower shop. Oh, Alfie, this chap's annoying me. <laughs> oh, Alfie, is it? <laughs> I guess we know that cartoon all the way through, don't we? Uh, Backward and forward. Beautiful. Beautiful. Welcome. Welcome to the lily pot, everyone. Please uh, buy some flowers. Beautiful lilies available. I've seen the bu- the the bouquet baskets. Or is it bouquet or bouquet, John? What do you say? I don't know. Somebody was correcting me the other day. I said bouquet, and they said, you know, it's really bouquet. That was just the other day at work. And you just I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I should ask. I should ask Siri or Alexa. Is it bouquet or bouquet? Hmm. I always say bouquet. <laughs> I always say a lovely bouquet of flowers. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like wine has a bouquet. <laughs> so I guess what every couple of minutes are we going to say, "Hey, you're going to just stand there and get to buy something?" Yeah, exactly. Every couple of minutes, we're going to break in with, "Hey, don't just look at the flowers. Stop and buy the flowers." Yeah. Well, John, we're yeah, doing this stop, via stop and smell the roses. John, we're doing this via via telephone because uh, usually we'd be in the studio together, but uh, we're taking precautions just because the the world is a little bit of a crazy place right now. Yeah. But that doesn't mean yeah. that uh, British mums don't need flowers. So get That's in there right. and get in that shop and buy those flowers. Buy, buy, buy. Get, 
Get some mums for your mum. Hey, there you go. Hey, pretty good, huh? Hey, how you doing? Right now she right now she's pulling the cord out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> she's biting the cord with her teeth. Okay, that's enough of that. She's re- instantly regretting having us asking us. I actually we I offered. I just said she she was she was devastated that uh, we weren't going to be recording because she wanted to have us on in the shop while she was there. Uh, so I said, "You know what? For you, we're going to we're going to do this. She's she's such a good supporter of the show that yeah. we're going to we're going to do this one. Uh, do a one shot. So we've never yeah. actually done a, an, an episode just for one person before or one shot. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. That's a first. We'll tell you what it is, John. It's in the spirit of Winston Churchill and FDR. It is That's what it <laughs> That's is. Right. The old unlease helping helping out the 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 former uh, the, the, the the former. What do, I don't want to say oppressors, <laughs> but our former. Uh, well, well, you got to go back how many years? Two hundred and eighty years. <laughs> sure, sure, we're helping them out though. You know, we still you know we're they you know we're their their stepchildren kind of you know. Well, you know we. We licked the Nazis together. Mm-hmm. We helped them out. It's like in the spirit of Lendlease where we're doing this. We're shipping this overseas in these trying times to help uh, help a friend in need. But uh, apparently uh, we're, we're coming in midweek, and apparently she's just the shop's just been doing very well. She's oh, good, off. good. So all, all reports so far is that she's, she's just doing a, a great job over there. And I've seen the photos. They look fantastic. So good job, Steph. Right on. Yeah. But uh, we did a, a couple special things. We did. A, we're doing a special digital movie club today, so nobody else watched these movies. Just you and I. Actually, you only yeah. watched one, but that's okay, John. We're still friends. Um, yeah, I couldn't get my hands on the second one, but uh, I have memories of watching it years ago. Yeah, so we uh, we'll be going on to that, and we're going to be talking about our favorite flowers. Uh, we're going to be doing. It's an all floral episode, John. So uh, give me. What's your favorite flower, John? What are you a carnation guy? What do you like? Who, me? Yeah, what do you... <laughs> <laughs> There's two of us. I'm like, what, you talking to me? <laughs> um, uh, roses, I guess, you know, just traditional roses. You like, you um, like, you like a rose, huh? I like a good rose. Um, one time I, uh, I sent some black roses uh, to uh, a girl I was going out with, and... Um, um, she was kind of like on the goth side, so I, I forget what I did. I think I spray painted regular roses black. <laughs> How'd that work out? How'd that work out? Uh, oh, it was uh, yeah, it went over. It went over very well. Nice. That's like right out of Disney's haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can't visit right now, so don't don't try. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'd, I'd never thought to spray paint a flower. I'm sure Stephanie's cringing right now as we talk about this. And speaking of. Of, of flowers, while you're in the shop, have a look at some of all the arrangements that are all around. <laughs> How's that? They don't just stand there by something. <laughs> I'm trying to give it that radio cell, and John's just <laughs> right, right. John's going right for the right for the old pocketbook, uh, as as you should. Uh, yeah, I like a. What about a Snapdragon? You like a Snapdragon? Yeah. My my grandma used to grow those. They're tiny little flowers. I don't know. Uh, you always see them like when you walk into Home Depot. They're in like tiny little, uh, little, little bushel baskets, and um, they always come in like really nice pastels. It's always like a violet and uh, and a little like pink flowers. I can't think of the name of them. They're tiny, maybe three petals on them, uh, really small. My grandma used to have tons like an of iris. 
Maybe an iris. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know my flowers. I know. Uh, or a posy. I know Parker posy. You know, my grandma liked uh, stargazers, which are really exotic looking. Oh, yeah. Very, they got about three different colors going on in there and then a very pungent smell. But she, that was her favorite. Yeah, those stargazers. are beautiful. Those are beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about a night blooming jasmine? You like one of those? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like, like a drink. You like some of that? Yeah. A night blooming yeah. jasmine? Uh, that was actually, I saw a, a group as I was driving through of Hacienda Heights of all places. They have those wow. like, concerts in the park and it was night blooming jazz men. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've actually heard of that group. Yeah. yeah see that? <laughs> How about that? See, yeah. Maybe you could book them. Oh, was that that 20, is that that twenties thing? They're doing like an art deco, uh, convention and they were going to, maybe that's what that was. They do a thing where they got, uh, where was that going to be? I wonder if that. If that's still going on or if they've canceled it. It was like a big Art Deco get-together. They have music and food and architecture and clothes, and it's all sort of like Art Deco-era stuff. Oh, wow. Where was that? Yeah, they do that. They do it every year, and I think they do it... um, I thought they did it over like around Puente Hills, uh, City of Industry area. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to have to look into that. I know there was music and Wonderful Roses. <laughs> How about that? Then there was music and wonderful. You know what? Let me tell you a story about my late brother. God rest his soul. Uh, mm. when, when Napster first, uh, when Napster was first a thing, my brother was like, "You've got to find me a copy of the Beatles singing uh, Till There Was You." And I, I knew oh, that wow, they, really, I knew they had done an, an album version of it. I knew there was an album. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. that's that's the one that famously says where Paul says, uh, I, "I never saw them ringing." <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, they said they're the first British act to not try to disguise their accent. They just said, how the hell with it? We'll put an R on things, you know? <laughs> well, the, there's a there's a studio version of that. And my brother was obsessed with finding the studio version, or, or not a studio, a BBC version. I don't know where my brother had heard it, but it was out there. And I found a BBC version on Napster, very excited. And I, I you know, I'm digging, digging, digging. I find it, I burn it onto a disc, I get it to him, and he's like, nope, not the right one. So I was like, "That's oh, really? it's the really? only one." Now, come to find out, like maybe like a year or two later, they did the 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 Beatles at the BBC, right? It's on there. Uh, yeah, maybe what he's looking for is just the first album. I think it's on the first album. No, it was. There was another version of it. And, and oh, can, really? It's on. Uh, it's on. Uh, Beatles so you at the brought BBC. Him the, you brought him the BBC version, and that's not what he wanted. Well, well, Nicole found Nicole ended up buying the disc of the Beatles at the BBC, and. Um, that wasn't it. Huh? It was on there. That was the one he was looking for. But it was. It oh, that was the one he was looking for. It okay. hadn't been released yet. He heard it somewhere. Okay. But he liked. Yeah. He liked the the George Harrison guitar solo on that one the best. Yeah. So that's well. He, that's um. That's from the music band, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably like what? It's probably like Shirley Jones singing it originally, right? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? There were um, bells. They said even back in the, the days when they were playing Hamburg and they're wearing the leather jackets, Paul would trot out these Broadway standards, you know. Um, they also did like Besame Mucho. You know, he would put things in that were kind of on the uh, the top 40 side, you know, oh, the, okay. uh, the, the easy listening side. I guess in those days it would have been just like popular music. Sure. I mean, hell, Music Man probably sold a billion copies just like Sound of Music, you know. Yeah, of course. But they do all that stuff. They were such music maniacs. They knew all that stuff. They didn't just know rock and roll. They knew all these other sort of like standards, you know. Yeah. But um, on those first couple albums before they're, you know, eventually 
it's all they, they did. They're writing everything. But the first couple albums, a lot of covers and things that are kind of on the odd side. And that's probably the oddest one because <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, everybody, everybody's covered that. That's a, that's a, they do a beautiful job with it though. I'll tell you what, I, that's one of my, uh, you know, I have fond memories of it because of my brother, but you know, I'm not the biggest yeah. Beatles fan, but, uh, yeah. I, I always liked that one. And, uh, let me see, John. Let me see if you can guess what uh, the Lily Pot, uh, what her favorite Beatles song is. I'm going to give you three guesses. You're going to give me three guesses. Three guesses. Do I get a hint? Um, it's by the Beatles. I mean, is it early or late? <laughs> uh, that kind of hint, you know, early stuff, late. I'm going to say I think it's going to be lean toward the middle slash later years. Okay. Um, no, this is probably on. If I'm Remember correctly, this is on either Rubber Soul or Revolver, so that era. Okay. This is going to be a wild guess because I have no idea. Uh, so I got three guesses. Okay. Wait, let, me, let, me, let me find, let me find um, what album it's off of. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> Otherwise, you're talking about 200 songs. Um, let's see. Yeah, okay, I'm going to say it's in the... It's in the it's in the period before. Um, let's see. Before Sergeant Pepper. What year is Sergeant Pepper? Sixty-seven. It's post Sergeant Pepper. That's all I'll tell you. Oh, it's post Sergeant Pepper. Okay. Oh, I said mid uh, to late. Mid to late. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a wild guess. I'm going to say Fool on the Hill. No, sir. All right, then I'm going to say, um, let's see, is it a rocker or is it a love song? It's neither, but it's mellow. Hmm. All right, I'm going to pick a really weird one. Uh, I'm going to pick I'm So Tired off the White Album. Ooh, right album. Okay, I got one more guess. That's right, it's a correct album. It's mellow. It's on the White Album and it's mellow. It's uh, neither slow nor rocker. It's mellow. Um, I'm going to say I will. It is not. I do love that song. I do love I will. Uh, it's Blackbird. Oh, there you go. How do you McCartney. Feel, how do you feel about that song? Uh, you know, my aunt picked up the White Album just for that song. Wow. When she picked it up, uh, she picked it up just for that song. And when I was just getting into the Beatles... Uh, when I would, my aunt lives in Redondo Beach. When I would visit her in the summertime, I would play that album. That's awesome. Uh, just repeatedly, I just wear out the grooves. And she had this copy, and she said, "Yeah, I picked that up for one song, and that was Blackbird." Yeah, uh, Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Yeah. Homie scored a key. You better fly, punk ass fly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's, what? that's a great album, John. Have you I, had sometimes it? when when people say what album would you take to to the bunker with you, I sometimes I pick the White Album because it's got every every kind of style is on that album. Uh, every, they do every style from country to blues to soul to rockers and what, it, to avant garde, and uh, it's all done and it's all done well. So that's usually the album I pick when they say what's the what's the ultimate Beatle album? Even number nine. Mm. Even even that even number nine number nine. Oh well, you know. What the hell? It's so funny. You know, people like uh, me and my buddy Pat and my buddy Alex, we know, even Revolution Number 9, we know uh, verbatim, even though it's mostly just, uh, 
it's like sound effects and non sequiturs and people just shouting things. We know every word of Revolution Number <laughs> Nine. And one time I said, to Alex, I said, God, how many how many bands could put out something that weird and you'd commit it to memory? You know, absolute committed to memory. You know, that that tells you about your love of the Beatles, John. You That's know what I know? Maniacs. You know what I know about the Beatles? What's that? They love flowers, John. <laughs> they do. They sang, there are many pictures of them posing amongst flowers. Yeah, I think true. there's one famous one where they're posing amongst a field of bluebells. I think. Let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this, all the flower songs in the Beatles catalog. You got. Um, you got oh yeah, uh, I forgot to compile that list. <laughs> 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 I did look. I did look on Wikipedia for songs in general about flowers, and yeah. what you get is like you know, uh, red roses for a blue lady, and you know. Um, uh, poison Ivy, you know. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. What about and uh, uh, oh, Dandelion by the Rolling Stones? Oh, there you go. Um, although I suppose Dandelions and Poison Ivy are not. Neither one of those are flowers. No, <laughs> they're like weeds. You know. <laughs> well, you have Rosemary Rose by the Kinks, which is a, which, ah, is, a, which is an herb and a flower in one. Convenient that's pack. right. Yeah. Rosemary Rose. That's it. Oh, that's man. it. Uh, the, did you did you compile this? Oh God, no! I figured it was. I was just going to pick your brain. It was easy. It's an easy. It's an easy, relaxed convo, John. We're trying to set a mood here at the Lollipop, the Lollipot Pop Up Shop. Man, that's hard to yeah. say. The Lollipot Pop Up Shop. It's right next to the Rubber Baby Buggy Bumpers. That's it, and the Woodchuck, the Woodchuck, Peter, woodchuck. and also it's right next to Peter Piper's Pickled Peppers. <sighs> Man, he he picked <laughs> he picked a peck of those, didn't he, John? He certainly did. Oh wow, we really. <laughs> wow. I bet the customers at the Lollipop Pop Up Shop are super glad that Steph's got this playing in the background, aren't they? They're like, um, could you turn that down a bit? <laughs> <laughs> it's, right, it's rather unpleasant. I was about to, uh, to purchase this uh, bouquet of roses, but however, I was so offended by the sounds I heard in your shop, I'm, I've decided to take my business elsewhere. <laughs> and they're like, listen, not everybody in the UK sounds like James Mason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, miss. Uh, I was wondering what you get for a dozen posies. Uh, like to take some posies home for the master. He does like to have flowers about. And, uh, <laughs> would, <laughs> and um, that's, a sea, that's a sea cucumber that you're smoking. Uh, yes. Uh, do would you have anything in a in a? <laughs> even do it. Would you have anything in a sea cucumber or or something in a sea anemone? Do you carry anything of that sort? Perhaps some some kelp. Uh, some <laughs> I want cigars made out of seaweed. Uh, yes, some seaweed cigars, and uh, and while we're at it. Uh, Perhaps uh, <laughs> a dozen of your best carnations so that I could put in my pocket while I'm serving the master. I'm, I cannot stop doing James Mason once I, once you start. It's impossible. Well, nobody does James Mason better than you. And, hey, um, thank you, John. I wish you'd been with me about a month ago before all this craziness started. I was at a theater out in Santa Monica. They were playing a... a uh, they revived an old movie from the fifties called Pandora and the Flying Dutchman, wow. and it's with James. It's with James Mason and Ava Gardner, wow. and um, it's a real odd movie. Really beautiful. It's in Technicolor. Three strip, very odd, very surreal, almost like a fairy tale. It was like from fifty one. It's just when Ava Gardner's just at the peak of her of her loveliness. 
and probably like her second big movie ever. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to go see it. It was a new print. They'd spent like years uh, sort of like restoring this print of it. And I went and I thought, boy, what I really need sitting next to me is uh, Mario <laughs> to do James Mason. Hello. It's all over. <laughs> Hello. You just turned to everyone. So I'm heading to the snack shop. Uh, would you care for perhaps a Coke Zero or some popped corn? That that'd be my that'd be James Mason in movie theater. Well, hopefully this thing ends up on DVD. I mean, usually when they spend that much time and money on a movie, it'll eventually be on DVD or at but, least streaming um, somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a fairy tale. It's based on an old uh, fable about a guy who's uh, doomed to uh, sail forever until he finds somebody who loves him enough to kill themselves for him, and. So uh, it's like a curse. He's cursed to, to sail Yikes. until he finds that person that loves him that much. And so um, they work it into this movie that's set like in the in the 30s. Wow. And it's really beautifully done. And the capper was when I was in the lobby after the movie, I ran into um, an older woman and she was with a friend. And she mentioned that she had seen it uh, back when it came out in 51. Wow. So um, I thought, wow, that's amazing. For you know, She looked like she was probably like in her 80s. But that's amazing. She came back out to see this thing, uh, and you know, see how it held up after after like seventy years. Did you know? she like it? That's the question. Oh yeah, she loved it. She loved it. She said she loved it then, and she loves it now. But I thought that was very interesting. I you never think you're going to run into somebody who saw it on the first run, you know? Sure. Uh, with a movie that old, you know, maybe Planet of the Apes. If, yeah, if you're going to see a revival of the Poseidon Adventure, you're going to run into plenty of people that saw it on the first run. Yeah, but sure. something from the something from the 50s or the 40s, you know, you're starting to it's a dwindling amount of people that could have could have seen it on the first run. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what you're going to like? Speaking of movies, John, you know what you're going to like about our friend uh, Stephanie over at the Lily Pot. She and I don't want to hurt Justine's feelings, but she disagrees adamantly with Justine's. Uh, uh, hatred of James Bond. Stephanie's oh, a real, really? she's a real James Bond fan. How about that? So she loves James Bond movies. So right, there you go. Wow. So we could, <laughs> well, we could spend hours talking James Bond. No with, kidding. With Stephanie. No kidding. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about flowers and James. Bond. <laughs> hey, from Russia with love, they're getting away in the, they, they get away in that uh, bed, that truck full of flowers. That's right. That's right. Hey, what, what's uh, Stephanie's favorite uh, James Bond movie? You know, I Stephanie, what's your favorite James Bond movie? Oh, there you go. You're you able to talk to her? Where, are we set up where you can talk to her today? <laughs> no, no, You're I'm joking, just, right? I'm doing that because she's in the shop. I love that. Oh, that right, keeps, right, 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 right. I love that. I thought, did, you, did you wire her so that we can talk to her? That'd be crazy. I, I love that, you, that, that that's gotten you twice. <laughs> How do I know what's going on? You're at the mixing board. You could have worked out anything, you know. <laughs> but I wonder what I wonder what her favorite movie is. Uh, you know, um, they pushed. I wonder what her favorite Bond is. They were all set to release the new James Bond movie with Daniel Craig, and they had, they pushed it into like November, I think. Yeah, it was going to come out next month, and they said, "No, it's too big. We don't. <laughs> this is not the right time to release it." And as it turns out, it really isn't the right time to release it because they just uh, closed all the theaters. Oh, I'm sending. I'm sending her. A, 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 I'm trying to communicate via Twitter. Here. Okay, I love that. I'm trying to communicate via Morse code. What is your favorite James Bond movie? 
That's, right. that's like a Three Stooges routine where they go, what, how do they respond? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, like, see, I wonder if the Three Stooges translates into, uh, you know, some of the stuff that doesn't carry Well, over. I guess the easy answer is if they find Benny Hill funny, uh, and that's an if, that's a big if. I'm not presuming that all Brits love uh, Benny Hill, but if they love Benny Hill, then I see no reason why they wouldn't like Three Stooges. You're absolutely right, John. I don't know why I did it. But I don't know. That's a pretty big, you know, I don't know at this point in time how many Brits actually do like Benny Hill or if he's considered <laughs> somebody way past their cell date, you know. Sure. I like him. He reminds, yeah. he reminds you of coming home from school early and you're like, hey, half-naked British girls, what's going on here? That always be those I know, it's like, it's like you can't, you're like rubbing your eyes. I can't believe it. Bare breasts <laughs> on American TV. <laughs> hey, you just said that in the shop. Well, you know. You just said that in a shop on the high street. What? How about that? How about the that? The word, the word bear? <laughs> did you, you said, you said, B-E-A-R? Did you bear? hear how I, I used the word, the term high street? Like I'm a real Brit. <laughs> what do you think of that? You're much more sophisticated about that than me. Because for me, as you know, I keep going back to the fact that She's possibly living within proximity of the uh, the, the Buzzcocks. You know? <laughs> like, I always get really excited. Oh, wow, I think the Buzzcocks lived in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I want to find out where the Buzzcocks lived. And then we'll, we'll, well, I know they were in Manchester, so basically that was... She's not too, far from, took... she's not too far from Manchester. She's, I yeah, she's... yeah, one time you mentioned that, and my brain went straight to that. Hey. I think she's within, I think, maybe like 30 minutes. I think I think is what she, what she explained to us. So... There you have it. I have it out on so, Twitter, um, John. I'm keeping an eye. On, I'm keeping an eye on the Twitter while we're uh, while we're here. So uh, how about that? So there you go, James Bond. Um, so at some point we'll have to have a uh, communicate between her and Justine. What is? Let me ask you, John. What is your favorite British thing of all time? Is it well, James Bond? Is it the Beatles? Is it the Kinks? What do you got? Rolling Stones? Oh yeah, that's impossible. Um, I, you know, and it, it's also typical because you got a billion people that would say the same thing. I would say it's a three-way tie. No way to break it up. It's a three-way tie between the Beatles, the Kinks, and Monty Python. Oh wow! Yeah, you, you would. The Stones wouldn't even make it in there. You know, gun to my head, push comes to shove. You got to get Python in there. You didn't say rock and roll. You said British, British sure. items, or sure. you know, so. It, you got to get Monty Python in there, absolutely. Hmm. I mean, I love Neil Innes. We just lost Neil Innes last December, yeah, yeah. and I, I think the Bonzo Dog Band was amazing. And he crosses over and does things for Python, and he did the Ruddles. I love the Ruddles, best Beatle parody of all time. Sure, so good, so good that it sounds like a lost Beatle album. That's <laughs> that's when you know you're right on the money. That you play it, and you go, wow, that could be a Beatle album that we just found, you know, <laughs> buried And, and those guys know. went on to do uh, the, the Spinal Tap, so, you know. Absolutely. But, yeah, I would go as far as to say best musical parody of all time, bar none, you know, uh, uh, even better than Spinal Tap, yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, you think so? Yeah, so for, yeah, so on my short list of favorite Brits of all time, yeah, it, those are the guys, you know. Uh, I think she, she, she refuses to answer because she says we mocked it, uh, so it has to be view to a kill. It has to be oh, view to. Oh, oh, what? Are you? You're not kidding. She refuses because we mocked. She it? She said, "I'm not going to say because you mocked it in a previous podcast." LOL. Oh, it's got to be view to a kill. It's got to be. Gotta be. It's got to be view to a kill or Moonraker, right? Two mice <laughs> fell in a bucket of cream, Mister Bond, and now I will destroy. <laughs> 
Silicon Valley, and then I will have all the microchips in the world. Thank you. I think this. I think there's only two James Bond movies that we ever mocked, and that was View to a Kill and, and Moonraker, probably. Yeah, two mice fell in a bucket of cream. And now, Mr. Bond, I've killed the guy from the Avengers, not Marvel Avengers, but the TV show with Oleana Tyrell. And now. Wow. That's heavy. And now. Oh, yeah. And now you die. So. Soup. And by that time, he's by that time he's untied himself. By the time that Christopher Walken can get his you know non punctuation speech out, you know, like, you know, I watched that again recently, and it you know it's it, uh, that was the first Bond I ever saw in a theater. So I, I was on one of the streaming channels, and I wanted to see mm-hmm. if it holds up. And it's really bad because you know uh, Roger Moore's kind of creaky, but there are some some fun moments like the the, the scene where he's like um, shooting the guys with the rock salt, where it's Tanya Roberts and she's got the. You know, she's she's a dumb blonde, and she's got a shotgun full of rock salt, salt, whatever. But um, is that the one with Grace uh, Jones? Grace in Jones. It? But there is a scene at the end where uh, where um, these they're, they're mi- I forgot what they're mining. They're mining stuff for the, to make the the microchips, right? And Christopher Walken yeah. just kills everybody in the mine, like cold bloodedly kills everybody in the mine. And I was like, you know, that's a that's a really for a Bond villain. That's really it's a really chilling scene. I got I got to give it to him because that. That that one scene really stood out to me. It's like he floods them, and then as they're trying to escape, he just machine guns them down, and he's laughing the whole time. And I was like, "Wow!" Well, that's maybe a- it's t- maybe it's time for a reappraisal of that movie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's definitely not. <laughs> I just looked like it carried away. <laughs> uh, she also she said it. Uh, uh, she did say that that is her favorite. Uh, Vito oh. Kill, alongside Live and Let Die, which is you know. Uh, That's interesting. So I'm guessing um, uh, she must be, uh, Stephanie must be younger because um, I'm guessing she, like you, she probably saw it in the theater then. Uh, I think she's, she's younger than, she's somewhere between me and Justine. Okay. uh, I believe age wise, but I don't want to give away anyone's age and you know how old Justine is. Well, so she, um, wow, that's her favorite, huh? Yeah, we you know mine's from Russia with love. We all can't have great taste, John. But you know who does have great <laughs> well, taste? Well, the first one, the first one I saw in the theater was uh, the Man with the Golden Gun. And most books on James Bond, that's the one they hate the most. They think that's the worst one is the Man with the Golden Gun, and, and that's my first taste. But, of, you, um, but you have a soft James spot for Bond it. What's that? You have a soft spot for it for that reason. I got a soft spot for it because it's the first one I saw on the big screen. Sure, they were always they were always running. Channel Seven was always running the old Sean Connerys, and I loved them. But to see it on the big screen, to see a James Bond movie on the big screen, yeah, the first one you see is is the one that uh, you remember. So um, because I, I, when they rate the James Bond movies, that's usually right down at the bottom with uh, View to a Kill. So I guess I have some empathy. <laughs> for that yeah uh a live and let die is uh is, is i don't hate it but it's not my favorite it's it's a, yeah it's yeah. uh i don't hate it uh i do like the boat chase scene that one's cool i could do yeah. without the, i could do without the racist sheriff uh <laughs> and then they bring him back they bring him back in um in uh live i know that goes or to show even head. even as a kid i kind of figured that i said well they really pay attention to what the audience likes because the only reason to bring him back is because the audience, you got a big audience reaction, you know? Sure. So, Why wouldn't you? Well, you know, what year is that? I mean, you know, you got Smokey and the Bandit and BJ and the Bear. It's all that Southern fried humor stuff. Yeah, there we Yeehaw. go. Yikes. 
Yikes, huh? John, yeah. speaking of speaking of hee haw, you'll have a, <laughs> <laughs> you'll laugh yourself silly buying these flowers <laughs> at the Lily Pot pop up shop. There, there you go. How do you like that? How's that for a plug? So, speaking of George Goober Lindsay, make sure and buy some flowers at the Lily Pot. Who's George Goober Lindsay? Well, you remember Goober on the uh, Andy Griffith show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Judy, Judy, Judy. So his real name was George Lindsay, so they used to call him, when he used to appear on Hee Haw, and they'd call him George Goober Lindsay. That's great. And he would go, Judy, so, Judy, Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. That's right. I love that. I can do Cary Grant. Do that thing where you take off on Cary Grant. Okay? <laughs> Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> now, okay. You would have to imagine by now they are truly turning off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she switched it over. She's, she's listening. What's coming out of the speakers, you know, George Guberlindy. What is coming out of the, 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 you mean it just spells out into people's houses? <laughs> uh, the great, oh, I can't believe it. The only podcast where you go from George Guberlindy to Peter O'Toole Thank in just two seconds. Thank you. That's what we do here, John. That's what, <laughs> you, you know, I hope the folks at the Lollipop stand, the Lollipop <laughs> pop-up shop. Are wearing their seatbelts. That's all I care about. That's all I'm worried. And, pl- and please give generously. Yes, please. Uh, buy, 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 buy. If you're in there, buy something. Help support local shops, especially in this difficult time. It's a difficult time for small business. Right. And, and gosh, and I was just discussing this with her. What a, what a the timing on this could not have been worse. And yet somehow she's still uh, doing pretty well. The so people are coming out. So they, they, you know, obviously she has a good product, and people are walking by and seeing it, and, and you know. And wanting to pop into the shop and buy something, so that speaks as a lot. As long as they keep a, as long as they keep a six foot distance from yeah, each other. Yeah, safe distance. What is that in meters? How many meters is that, John? Do you know? Can you, What's can, that? Can you? How many meters is that? I don't know. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's all meters, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The meters. We're going to talk about it's, the meters it's, now. Uh, meters and liters and uh... and and uh, uh, it, it, uh, what else? Uh, 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 That's right. It's not yards. Hell, remember, remember when we were going to go metric? I think when I was in elementary school, they said, "Okay, now we're we're going to go metric now, just like the rest of the, just like the rest of the world. We're going to go metric. Everyone's got to learn metric." And like a year later, they're like, "Ah, to hell with it." (laughs) (laughs) They were going to teach all the kids, all the school kids were going to have to learn, you know, the metric system. They said everybody else does the metric system, and then somehow they just said, "Nah." The hell with it. We're not going to do it, you know. There's two things we don't do in America, John. We don't do I the guess. metric system, and we don't do uh, socialized medicine. And you guys can, yeah. the rest of the world can go screw themselves because we're America, yeah. and we're going to die ignorant. <laughs> yeah, I know. God forbid we have, God forbid we have national health or right. Anything that takes care of people, like every other civilized nation. But um, I guess we're getting political now. Hey, let's not do that, huh? We're trying to keep it light here. People are trying to buy flowers. All right, let's go back to Daffy Duck cartoons. Hey, I love a good Daffy Duck. Where would you say your favorite is? Wow. Good segue, Mario. Let's see. It would probably be, boy, pretty tough to beat Deduce, you say. plays Dorla. Dorlock Holmes. Dorlock Holmes. Uh, <laughs> I also like Drip Along Daffy, where he plays the Western. Yes. And, I, <laughs> I still quote and, that. I quote that all the time. Anyone for tennis? Anyone? 
Anyone? And what is it? Uh, Porky Pig plays the uh, sidekick, the, the comedic sidekick. Co- yeah, <laughs> comic relief. I love at the end where he's all, "Hey, put that sidekick down. Give me the, give me the cheers. Give me the, give me the, give me one dozen roses." <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go, bartender, right back, bartender. Huh? Where's mine? Uh, right back at you. There you go. Always bringing it around to those flowers, John. You're good. That's right. You are. Give good me, th- give me one dozen roses. Uh. John, let's rip along, Daffy. We're going to do something we don't always do, John. I'm going to pause really quickly, okay. and uh, we don't often get a chance to pause on the show. So I'm going to do a little break music in here, which we haven't done in a while. That means I'm going to have to edit. That means I really, uh, Lily Pot. Just so you know, I don't edit very much anymore. I'm going to have to edit this anyway. But I'm going to. We're going to do a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some movies that uh, that pertain to flowers. So uh, we'll be right back after these messages. We are back. What did you think of that break, huh? We are back to let you know we can really shake them down. <laughs> What's that from? Do you love me? Do oh, that's you right. love me? Now, now that, that I can, can dance. dance. Watch me. me now. Work, work. Gotta love that song. <laughs> work it up, baby. That's a good song. I don't. I don't care. Yeah. About it. I don't care. Well, John, you let me ask you a quick question. This is when we're on it. What What is your favorite Motown jam? Hmm, that's a toughie. It is a toughie. Uh, probably. I know I'm losing you by the Temptations. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. I'm gonna go very early. I go money. Either money by uh, Barry Gordy, which is under the name Barrett Strong, or uh, I go. Um, uh, this old heart of mine by the Isley Brothers is a good one, man. Yeah, that's, that's a, good a good one. one. That's the only one. That, why did they only do one song for Motown? Do you know what the story behind that is, John? Uh, I don't. I don't. It's odd. Yeah, there's a couple other people like that where they did one thing for Motown and then moved on. So yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's somebody else like that where you go, wow, they just did one album for Motown, but that was it. <laughs> I think uh, I don't even think the Isley Brothers did a whole album, did they? Maybe it was just one single. Yeah. I think um, yeah. You know, it's like that Ike and Tina Turner doing one song for Phil Spector, and that was it. I mean, that was not their usual gig, you know, to be on Phillies, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the story was with that. I don't know, John. But I, I just got a text from, uh, or a tweet from the Lollipot. Roger Moore is her favorite Bond. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I mean that's a bond. No, no I grew wonder up with. she no no wonder she took offense to us. <laughs> she, there's been plenty of times we've we've ragged on Roger Moore. So sure, I do like Roger. Moore. I I enjoy him. I, th- those movies, and I'm really glad you like Spy Who Loved Me because that's my favorite. Uh, that's one of my favorite Bond movies, and it's a great Roger Moore. So I'm glad you liked it. It's funny because when we went back to watch Live and Let Die, we liked it. We all liked it better than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, I guess I was mad with the golden gun that we reappraised it and realized he was a lot tougher in that than we remembered. Oh, he just he does that great thing in Man with the Golden Gun where he kicks the guy where he's not looking. Yeah, I love that. 
uh, I was going to bring something else up while I went, while I went to go get a spot of tea here. I I, uh, I did get a spot of tea in the break. My throat is giving me a little trouble today. Don't worry. Was it Earl Grey? It is not Earl Grey. It's just a it's just a bag of Lipton. Just because ready. if it was Earl Grey, I would never let you hear the end of it because that's Captain Picard's favorite tea is uh, Earl Grey. Oh, is it? Have you have you caught any of the uh, new Picard TV show? Is that any good? Have you seen any of that? It's like, I'm not set up for that. I think that's CBS All Access. I'm not set up for that, so I haven't I've, seen I've, any of the old. I've heard good things. I've heard nothing. They should good call things. it Old Man Picard. Yeah, <laughs> Old Man Logan. Uh, yeah, I've heard good things. Uh, you've heard good reviews, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so far, everybody has been on the show. Like Seven of Nine was on there, and and there was one with. Oh, uh, really? Yes, and there she's was, on there. Pl- She's on there playing seven of nine. Yeah, really. I think so. Yeah. Is she still wearing that skin tight uh, cat suit? <laughs> hey, John. There are uh, children shopping for flowers. I want to remind you of that uh, here at the, <laughs> the old Lily Pot pop up shop because uh, this is a place for all ages to come and enjoy flowers and floral arrangements and plants and and all things flora. You know, uh, when Captain Picard walks into a, a florist, he says, I'd like a dozen roses, wrap them like this, and make it so. That's it. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Engage, <laughs> yes. Damage report. I can't do that. Uh, I can't do a... His accent is so slight. You know he's British, but he, it's so slight right. when he does it. So I think he's trying to... Well, it's the, it's the masterpiece theater uh, British. <laughs> yes, yes. It's the one that's sort of like... Yeah, it's, it's which not, um, I think he turned up at a lot of those. My mom used to say, "Hey, look, there he is in uh, I Claudius." You know, there he is with hair in I Claudius. Yeah, you know? he turns up in a lot of. <laughs> remember, we spotted him in Excalibur. He's in Excalibur. Yeah. Well, I think he was part of that. Uh, I might be wrong, but I think he's one of those guys that started off at the Royal Shakespeare Company. I'm sure he um, was. So um, yeah, there you have it. Yeah. Let me tell you something about so, this tea I've made. All right, I'm going to tell you something. And okay. and, and remember, I'm saying this. In front of British people, so I'm about to get okay. ridiculed. I, I'm using a really small cup, and we have the instant hot water on our sink. So I, I just put the I just put the bag in there. Uh, here's what I do, John. When I'm not feeling well, I throw a throat lozenge in there, and I, I drop it in the tea, and it dissolves in the tea. So you're getting the hey, that's the, a good idea. Yeah, it sweetens the tea, and then it also kind of gives you the, the the healing properties of the lozenge. But uh, I used a very small cup. And this tea is strong. This is strong tea. How's that for strong? I got to hand it to you because you you're doing the show with a sore throat, aren't you? I am, but it's nothing to worry about. It, it just seems to be a little bit of my mother has strep, and uh, I was over there helping her out earlier in the week, and I feel like I've contracted the strep. So I, it's nothing to worry about. But uh, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing that uh, I mean, it, that's ex- strep is. Con- Extremely contagious, isn't it? It is. And my mom, uh, you know, just uh, I walked in the house and she's got the heater on. It's like 90 degrees in the house. So yeah. It's just a breeding ground, you know. And then I get her in the car. <laughs> I get her in the yeah. car and, you know, I'm taking her to the urgent care. So it's like I, I had to have picked up something, you know. So but uh, so it's it, just as well that we're doing this uh, by remote. That is true. Yes, that is true. We're, 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 we are by remote. We are miles away. We are miles apart. But uh, not in our hearts, John. We are. We are That's right. right next to each other. Through, through the miracle of technology. Yeah. Modern technology. Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're about uh, uh, seven, eight miles away, I think. But it sounds like we're right in the same room, doesn't it? That's right. 
And well, hopefully that's the way it sounds in the UK. Well, it sounds like you're on the phone, but that's okay. I mean, we're it, you know the technology is limited. You don't have a uh, computer set up where we could do the Skype. Skyping is what. So, are you on your cell phone or are you on your uh, landline? I just did this through my cell phone. The miracle of cell, okay. cell, cellular technology. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, it works. I just plug the phone into the board, and you can hear me. Very basically, cool. Basically, turns the mixing board into a giant telephone receiver. There you go. Now, as if the people in the Lillipot pop up shop aren't bored to tears yet. Yeah, um, I know. They, well. Maybe she got maybe she got a radio going on right next to us, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, we should probably <laughs> sing a song or two. What do you want to sing? You want to do? A, you want to do? A... And you know what's on that? I'll tell you what's on that uh, that radio station. They're playing. Where have all the flowers gone? <laughs> there you go. If you're going to San Francisco, be sure to wear That's a flower right. in your hair. There you go. There you go. Now we're remembering all the songs with flowers in yeah. the uh... yeah. Uh, Kiss from a rose, man. Seal. That's right. That's right. How about that? <laughs> That's my. <laughs> Whatever happened to Seal? I don't know. That's my Seal, though. That's my, uh, you know. That's my flower song from Seal. That's the the kiss from a rose. That's it. What do you think of that? I like that. Oh, well, I'm look. I'm googling right now songs about. Uh, so here's what I have. If, if I just put songs about, it's songs about, songs about birds, songs about colors, songs about sickness, songs about love, songs about friendship, songs about freedom. Okay. We forgot Tiptoe Through the Tulips. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tiny Tim. Yep. Uh, build Me Up Buttercup. Oh, yeah. We have Every Rose Has Its Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. How about that? And, of course... Flowers on the Wall by the Statler Brothers. Hey! <laughs> Playing Solitude Till One with a deck of 51. <laughs> uh, smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> Kangaroo. I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. How about that? There you go. There, yeah, you, there go. you go. You got uh, Bed of Roses by uh, by um, Bon Jovi. I don't know that song, but it probably sounds like uh, bow wow bow wow bow wow 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 bow wow bow wow. wow. <laughs> uh, it's funny because uh, it's, it's true. Oh, what about uh, Blue Orchid by the White Stripes? That's a great song. Yeah, there you go. You take a white orchid. Oh, we forgot Yankee Rose by David Lee Roth. Hey, I'm talking about that Yankee Rose. <laughs> oh, boy. And what? The guitar's all wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. You're like, oh, God. Uh, all right. Just just rejoin Van Halen, will you, please? Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, let's see. Scarborough Fair. I guess that's what uh, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. Are any of those things flowers? <laughs> Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. Uh, mm. I don't know. We got. Uh, let's see. Oh, what about you? Don't bring me flowers anymore. That's uh, that's got to be the number one. You don't bring me flowers. Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand. Now let me tell you something. If you if yeah. your if your significant other is is accusing you of not bringing them flowers, you've come yep. to the right place. You've come yeah. to the Lollipop Pop Up Shop where you can pick up flowers. And plants, <laughs> and a lovely bouquet basket. 
I should have probably trailed off. I love how you trailed off. You can pick up flowers and plants. <laughs> you, you out there in the shop, you, you're looking at the flowers and you're not buying. This isn't a library. Perhaps you'd like to buy a bouquet and take it home to your loved one right now. That's pretty good. Um, That's pretty good. I pray you believe I'm the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, 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 those are 18 Yellow Roses by Bobby Darren. You never heard that song? Never, eighteen never heard that one. Yeah, 18 Yellow Uh What's Up, Tiger Lily? That's a good one. Oh, that's not- crimson and crimson and clover. Where have all the flowers gone? There you go. Yeah, that's the. Uh, I think that's the uh, Kingston Trio. That's Pete Seeger. It's- oh, is we it- have a we have a special guest. Someone forgot we were recording today. The kid is here. Where are you headed? She's walking through. I love it. The kid. She's here. And she's gone. Okay. She's gone. Yeah. Uh, it's only- off. She goes. It'll be a couple more hours. All right. We're in the, <laughs> you can you can hang out with us. You can hang out. We're talking flowers. Yeah, cookies for breakfast, huh? <laughs> you know, in in the UK they call them biscuits. You don't seem impressed. She's a jaded teenager. Is uh, is she happy that school's uh, been called off let for a while? A, let me ask you that. Let me ask you that. Are you happy that school's been called off for a while? No. Nope. Why? Why? You like school? She said, because it sucks even more being at home. <laughs> wow. I thought she liked you. She does, but she's a jaded teenager. So, Oh, that's right. When you're a teenager, it's like obligatory. You have to kind of be snarky and hate your parents. Yeah. Well, she doesn't really hate us, but she, you know, she, she, she could do without us. You know? Is she pretty snarky? No, no, no. She's good. She's good. She just woke up, though. She's grumpy. Okay. We're, she's, on that, she's on that rainy day schedule right now. I guess what that means is at some point they're going to have to make up the time, and that could be like in the middle of summer or something, you know. Yeah, they're, they're talking that schools will be closed. Well, no, they're not making anything up. She's on she's on distance learning. so she's, Oh. She's got a full schedule of classes. Yeah, she's got Oh, a, boy. Yeah. How about that? What, so she's, what, a sophomore and what, mm-hmm. or a junior she's sophomore, high? sophomore. And so uh, so she has, um, she has a full re- – checks in with her teachers they send assignments she has exams on a regular schedule so it's it's like you know she's gotten used I wonder because this is what kids didn't now do when they stay home sick they get yeah. their they get their homework right away they don't wait till, to come wow. back and make it up yeah it's a different world john so i know what am i thinking it's all done online anyway yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. wow holy yeah. cow how about that i don't know is that i wonder if i would like that is it more annoying there's more distractions at home if you're at school you kind of have to do it but if you're at home Oh, more yeah. distraction. I know. I would never be able to function like that. Yeah, and there's no, you know, no. Yeah, I'd want to play the whole the whole social elements gone. You know, you go to see your friends, and that whole element's out the window. I'd want to play video games all day. Yeah, that's um, true. You know what I'm saying? Well, John, it's come to that time. It's time for a section of the show we like to call the Digital Movie Club, and there's usually big fanfare and everything, but we're not going to do that today. Unless you want, you want to do it. You want to do it. <clears throat> let's do it for the. Let's do it for the kids at the, the Lily Pot Pop Up Shop. I cannot say that to save my life. Let's do that oh, for the kids at the old Lily Pot Pop Up Shop. Here we go. Yantan, 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 
That was awesome. Or awful, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Somewhere Patrick's going, ah, uh, that yeah. was rotten. <laughs> no, one knows this is, no one knows this is coming out. This is top secret. This is a top secret project. Oh, okay. So only the Lillipot's getting this broadcast. Oh, well, it'll be on, it'll be available in our, it'll be in, our, in, the, in the queue if you go over to our website I over see. at podbean.com. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, I'm not going to advertise it. Really, it's just going to be for people ah. who know will know. You know what it's like? It's like an Easter egg. It is. It is. It's like an Easter egg. When they're doing trivia, they can go. What is the one show that wasn't part of the continuity for the original this, show? This is the. This is the never say never again of the uh, podcast. There you go. It's like one of our regular podcasts, but it's really it's, a, it's the one with the asterisk. It's an anomaly. Hmm. This is the 60s Casino Royale. Of... <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, this is the 1950s television version of Casino Royale. Wow, you are a fan. If you know about that one with the American James Bond, ding, 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 portrayed ding, by ding, Barry Nelson. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, and what, uh, Peter, Peter Lorre plays Le Chiff in that. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Hide me, Rick. Hide me. so weird. Hide me, Rick. Yep. (laughs) It's so weird. It's an hour. He's an American. It's just so odd. And that's the first first film James Bond ever. It's so screwy. But, you know, yeah, that's a really odd one. You really have to be a fan to know about that one. Barry Nelson. Yep. (laughs) You're all there. You go. Uh, All right, John. Let's talk about it. It's Digital Movie Club time, buddy. We watched two cinema classics. Both concerning plants. We did. Uh, you betcha. We did the 1987 remake of uh, Little Shop of Horrors, originally done by Roger Corman with uh, Jack Nicholson, and uh, we did uh, Day of the Triffids from 1961. And you did not. You were not able to find a copy of Day of the Triffids. I was not able to find a copy of uh, Day of the Triffids, but I saw it years ago, so I can sort of uh, play along with you. you. You'll have to present most of the. Uh, the information, <laughs> but uh, um, don't worry, don't worry. We, we, but last, a- but last night I watched the uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and I uh, what I got was it says director's cut on it. I, I bought it. It says director's cut. I watched it, and it's singing in the theaters. And um, there's a little, uh, there's some uh, commentary tracks and some documentaries attached. And Frank Oz, the director, says that uh, they made it. They said they they played it for a uh, pre- preview audience. And the preview audience really didn't like the ending, so they had to go out and reshoot a, a new ending. And he says he's really glad now that the director's cut is out there where people can see it because they spent a lot of time on the ending and nobody ever got to see it. So he's really glad now that it's it's out there for people to see. Uh, now it was I said 1987. It's 1986 here. Um, yeah. And uh, let me give you the quick facts on it. I, I, uh, John, do you like this movie, or is this were you? A fan? I loved it. I, I loved it when it came out, and watching it last night, I probably hadn't seen it in 30 years, and I was just uh, mesmerized, you know. Uh, and I'm not real big on musicals, but it was just so charming and so funny and so beautifully done. And uh, the, the plant itself, considering that it's not, you know, it's completely done through puppetry and uh, animatronics, 
no digital, no no CGI. It still holds all, up. That, that was the first thing I noticed watching it. It still holds up. I mean, it's got personality from the time it's just a little sapling. It's already got personality. And by the time they're doing the great big one, which I think took 40 puppeteers to, to move it around, it's just beautifully done. I mean, uh, just so well done. And every performance is great. So, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, uh, I hadn't seen it uh, in a long time. I loved. I saw it in theaters. I thought it was great, um, and um, I hadn't watched it in maybe like fifteen years or so. And uh, sat down and watched the whole thing, and I was fr- hooked from the beginning. The songs are great. It pulls uh, you right in, doesn't it? Yeah, the songs are great. I love. Did you notice the name of the girls in the chorus? They're, yeah, they're all named after fifties uh, girl groups or sixties girl it's, groups. Uh, Ron, Ron, Ronette, Crystal, and Chiffon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I never noticed that. That's genius. So perfect. And I forgot the people doing cameos. Christopher Guest, John Candy. Yeah. Uh, I remembered Steve Martin and Bill Murray, but I forgot that Christopher Guest turns up as the first customer. Yeah. Hey, that's got we- John Candy as the DJ. So that was really cool. Uh, I forgot about it. It's weird. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his little like uh, pompadour he's hair. Like Count, he's like the Count Floyd of the radio. He's yeah, like, exactly. Oh, he's wacky. He thinks he's wild, but uh, not so much. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I love that. And I forgot he was in it for that quick second. But Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, and Frank Oz. I forgot Frank Oz directed it. And uh, always good, Frank Oz. Always yeah, he's, good. You know, when you, look, when you look at his filmography, I mean, he did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, you know, which we're going to do. Uh, on, you said we're going to do that on the, dirty, uh, the uh, Digital Movie Club. Yeah, yeah. The Dirty Movie Club? <laughs> I was going to say the Dirty Movie Club. Are that's, we going to do a Dirty Movie Club that's after a, this? That's, different, that's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. That'd be great. It'll have to have a different theme song, that's for sure. <laughs> It'll have to be like, did you order the pizza? Plumber, here to clean the pipes. Oh, boy. But Yeah, but so, yeah, when you look at his filmography, he's done some very interesting movies, and I guess... Uh, Dark Crystal, he co-directed with Jim Henson. This would be his first uh, solo director out effort. And I guess maybe because of the puppet, they figured he knew he knew how to do it. I, I'm yeah, I'd love to know how he got tapped to do it. I know this was a David Geffen was the producer on this, and that must have been a factor that this was going to have to involve a lot of puppetry. Sure. And who, who, who better to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, it just seemed like the perfect pick because everybody just does a great job. Uh, yeah, it, and the songs are by uh, uh, Howard Ashman. So you know, it, it's not like and it was... uh, the other and the other guy Menken. Yeah, they yeah, did Menken all the little and Ashman. They, yeah, they what did. They do, like... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I always, I always, I always, no, I always forget the ones they did. Was it they like Little Mermaid or? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, they did. A, yeah. They're, they're part of that Disney. Uh, they're part of that the people that kind of the Disney revival, and uh, you know, it's 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 musical heavy. Uh, um, Musical heavy movie, but the, the numbers are all great. Uh, they're all really good. And gosh, uh, Ellen Green is so good as Audrey, and and her her song about uh, somewhere green, somewhere that's green. That oh whole song is so heartbreaking, oh, man. It really is. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It just makes your heart sink, you know. I and uh, I love what they did with that uh, that house from Better Homes and Gardens, you know, with the lawn yeah. and the Tupperware and everything's like, you know, split-level ranch house from the 50s and all that. Yeah. They did a great job. I guess it was kind of a first. Uh, Frank Oz was saying on the documentary, 
you can't think of another movie where they let them use the uh, the lead in the uh, the play. Usually they go, no, we need a bigger name for the movie. And he said they tried out all these girls and nobody was better than Ellen Green. She had originated that role on in Broadway, uh, the Broadway production, and they said there was nobody better. So he said it might be a first that they actually let the they let them use the, the the person that originated it on Broadway. Yeah, she and Rick Moranis does a great job for not being. Uh, and I've heard Rick Moranis do uh, things where he sings, and uh, I thought he did a great job. You know. Yeah, I think he's he's a better actor than people give him credit for. They just always figure he plays the nevish, and that there's not much to that. But he is really he's really good. And uh, you know those cameos are effective. Steve Martin does a, a great job in that in that role. Uh, you know, it's su- such a flashy role, but he also, yeah. he is also menacing. He is, you do feel for her. You feel like, wow, she's in this position. She's in this relationship. She can't get out of, and it's not Steve Martin. He, he can be kind of menacing in it, you know? And that's boy, that's acting because, uh, usually he plays a, a very sympathetic character, you know, yeah, sure, or, yeah. or charming or likable. So for him to do that character, that's really acting, you know? Uh, and his song is probably the, that's the show stealer right there. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and that whole thing with Bill Murray is just fantastic. I know Bill Murray. Yeah, he's so he's so funny, but so creepy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the weirdest part, you know. But he just really throws himself into it. Uh, I love the scene where you see Steve Martin from the outside of the mouth. You see the oh, tongue. Oh yeah, that's genius. <laughs> that's just genius. Yeah, this is a kind of a forgotten '80s classic. I, I, I you know, I forgot how much I enjoyed this movie. And, um, it was a pretty big. It was a pretty big thing at the time. Yeah, uh, everybody loved the the, uh, the uh, Broadway production. And uh, you get I, Levi Stubbs as the as the from the Four Tops as the voice of uh, of Audrey too, the plant. And can you think of a more perfect voice for and, that? I and, can't think of a more perfect voice. For and that. it's it's not only that he's acting as well. He's doing yeah. the acting as well, and it and he nails it. It's awesome. I can't. I, I wonder whose idea that was because he's so he's so good. Oh man. And I wonder, you know, it makes me wonder who did it on Broadway. I keep saying on Broadway. I wonder if it, you know, it was off Broadway. I, I wonder if it ever made it to Broadway. Because I remember, I've read that it was off, off Broadway, and then it was off Broadway. I suppose at some point it must have gone to Broadway. But, because uh, it kept getting bigger and bigger. I think they kept improving on it because it kept uh, playing uh, bigger venues, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I'd love to know who was doing the voice in the uh, Broadway production. Let's see. I'm and, looking at uh, it right now. Let's see. I'm looking at it right now. I'm assuming. And, you know, sometimes they add songs for uh, the movie. I wonder how many of those songs were original to the theatrical production. Uh, music uh, composed they, by Mankin in the style of 60s rock and roll doo-wop and early Motown. Um, let's see. 82 Off-Broadway. 83 West End. Uh, it, it went to Broadway after the movie. Okay. It wasn't until 2003 that it was on Broadway. There you go. And I know that since then it plays all, everywhere. I, they say it's still playing somewhere, somewhere. It had a <laughs> five-year run initially. How about that? Yeah. How about um, that? And so I guess Ellen Green was there from the beginning, I guess. It opened off-Broadway in 1982. Um, and let's see. It doesn't have the – I'm looking for the – Let's see. Uh, yeah, Ellen Green. And Lee, Lee Wilkoff was uh, Seymour. Um, yeah, and so that was... 
There's an album of the, uh, uh, I guess there's an ah. album that exists of the original cast somewhere. It was ah, released in the there 80s. you go. So it's out there somewhere. Yeah. You'll be a dentist. Um, <laughs> I love that it's got that rhythm of like, uh, uh, um, oh God, what's the song I'm thinking of? Uh, it's got that like weird like guitar, that weird Latin guitar in it. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, oh, I can't think of like kind of like um, like 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 the, the later stuff that like Gene Vincent and Bobby Darren had to sing like later on. You know what I mean? Like oh, like back of the knife and stuff. Yeah, you know? not even no, not that. Uh, oh God, there's a one. So partic- like uh, oh, like splish splash. No, there's one particular song that that reminds me of. It's got the. It's a, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. But yeah. Anyway, uh, it'll come to me after the show, and I'll call you, and then we'll be on the phone for three hours and end up talking about. Uh, well, they did a good job uh, setting the time period without being uh, heavy-handed about it. Yes, and it, but it looks '60s. It's 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 you know it's a period piece that people kind of forget about because it's all done on a set. Yeah. It's all done on a set, but they nail it. It looks like the '60s, you know. And I guess that was all shot in England on, uh, I think it was Shepperton Studios. I wow. think it's shot where all that James Bond stuff is shot. Beautiful. It's that, uh, it's all, yeah, it's all in, that's all 100% soundstage, yeah. It always trips me out when they have a, tri- a soundstage and there's just cars driving through it. Or they build, have like a train yeah. going by in the background. You're like, geez, how big are these stages, you know? Well, I think they're the biggest in the world. They're massive. I mean, uh, I guess a lot of that Star Wars stuff was filmed there, too. I think at some point it was the biggest soundstage in uh, in the world. What was the one? Was it Moonraker? I think that's all on a soundstage. Yeah, they said that was the biggest soundstage in the world. That whole thing with the submarines and all that. Oh, uh, uh, um, um, uh, Spy Who Loved Me. That's it. Where they have the three submarines. Uh, it was such. It was the biggest soundstage ever built, and I think that's why they had to call Kubrick up because the guy was like, "I don't even know how you light this. How are we supposed to light something this big? It's like, <laughs> you know." Yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Kubrick did help out on that, James Bond. Yeah, yeah, because he was friends with um, the production designer. I already forgot his name. Uh, the guy that did Strange Love and uh, a lot of Ken the James Adams. Bonds. Ken Adams. Was it was it Ken Adams? Yeah, that's it. And uh, he said he called him up, and he said, yeah, I'll help you. He says, don't put me on the credits, but I'll help you. He says, yeah, it's going to be a challenge to light this. It's so huge, you know. Let me, let me tell you this, John. Uh, Mushnick's uh, florist shop, the Skid Row flower shop, Probably the, yeah. probably the most depressing set. Uh, oh yeah, not a place you'd want to go. The complete yeah. the complete opposite of the Lilypot pop up shop where you are now shopping and listening to the Superiority Complex. While you're here, why don't you pick up a non carnivorous plant or flower <laughs> from our dear friend Stephanie, who's probably staring at the, at her radio right now, going, "What have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, good God! What have what I have, done? What have I done? Uh, yeah, and then I, oh, you can kick the speaker and go. I have had just about enough uh, of you. Of you. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, John, I, I, I'm going to tell you, watching this after so many years, I really loved it, and I was like, ah, I need to see this movie again. I, I don't know why I waited so long to watch it. Um, I yeah. really, I really did enjoy watching it again. Yeah, it was wonderful. I'd forgotten. You know, it, it truly had been 30 years, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just, I, it absolutely was charming. Just great. And uh, again, Frank Oz, uh, underrated director, because it's hard to pull something yep. like this off. The the plant, the plant puppet is amazing. Uh, really great yep. special effects. Everybody in the cast is good. Uh, good songs. So if you're a fan of those uh, 80s, uh, 80s and early 90s um 
Disney movies, Little Mermaid and and uh, Beauty and the Beast. The songs are v- like a very similar. They're in a very similar vein to that. From because I think National. this is the movie that put those two guys on the map. They they, they were known for this kind of like reviving. I think musicals might have been in the doldrums, unless it was like a, you know, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think you know it might have been a fallow period for musicals. I think this put them back on the map. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to give this one, John, I'm going to rank it. I'm going to give this one an eight. Yeah, um, that's what I would give it. I'd give it an eight. Yeah. Um, when I see you next, I will loan you the director's cut because that, that ending was really fascinating. Uh, and it's obviously spent a lot of time and money to do it. Yeah. And it's hard to believe that they, they, they cut it off. Yeah, exactly. So, so the version you watched, he electrocutes the plan at the end, right? Yes. What what's going on with a different with a different version? Well, the copy I got it doesn't even offer you that uh, that that ending. I thought they'd give you both endings. This is strictly the director's cut, and then they show you just a short clip of the ending that they used. Okay. I guess what they did is they showed this to a preview audience, and in, in the original Broadway production, uh, Seymour and um, uh, Audrey both uh, they both get killed by the plant. Ah, uh, the plant eats them both up. So. Um, they were gonna, so they they planned to shoot that for the movie, and they did this great big ending where they both get eaten, and then the plant uh, the plant spreads all over the planet, and so you see these plants everywhere, and you can see where all the money went. They they did all these little uh, dioramas with uh, with puppetry and animatronics. They've got uh, they got plants taking down the Brooklyn Bridge. They got plants on the uh, Statue of Liberty. They got plants uh, you know climbing the Empire State Building. There's, Tanks firing at them. They're like all over the. They're all over the world, you know, and uh, that's how it ended. So um, it wasn't so much that that people did, didn't like the plants taking over the planet, but they really uh, didn't like uh, the plant killing uh, their two heroes. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They they said that the audience was with the movie right to the end, and as soon as the plant eats Audrey and Seymour, they, he said you could just tell uh, a, a pall fell over the audience, and they just went silent, and you could tell they were not happy at all with the fact that these people that they loved, that they spent this whole movie with these two people and, uh, and uh, rooting for them. And then they, you could just tell, they said, oh, this is going to be a disaster. They just, you know. So Geffen said, well, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to cut that ending off and shoot a new ending. He said, well, we'll spend the time, we'll spend the money, you're going to have to do it because this is not going to play well with them dying at the end, you know. Oh, that's crazy. And Frank Oz, I think he disagreed, but he said, well, you're the producer, so and it's got to be something that'll play. If you think it's going to tank, it's got to be something that'll play, and it's like his first movie, so he said he was, didn't feel like he was in a position to, to balk at that. So they shot that new ending where Seymour electrocutes the plant, and then they go off to live in that dream house. You know? Yes, which I like. I don't mind that ending. Is that the last shot? Because it's not even included in my copy. Or did they? Does it just end within that? I think that, so. Uh, that dream house. I, yeah, I believe so. So uh, I'll have to loan this to you because it's fascinating to see these plants like crawling up the side of the Statue of Liberty. That and sounds fascinating. He he said the worst call he ever had to make is this. This one guy spent months uh, doing all that that all those shots of the plant taking over the the planet, and he said. Uh, the worst call we ever had to make was to call that guy and say, I hate to tell you, but we've got to cut all of that out. Oh. We can't use any of that. So they talked to him recently, and he said, oh, I'm so glad that finally people are going to get to see it because we spent so much uh, time and love and sweat to get to get that ending off the ground. He said, I'm so glad people will finally get to see it. You know? Oh, that's a bummer, though. Yeah. 
Well, well I'll, have to, I'll have to loan that to you so you can d- see it because it's really it's I, really a kick. It sounds fascinating, and I that I love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I love that kind of stuff, and uh, that leads us to our next movie, John. Speaking of plants taking over the world, uh, you know, if you want to take home a safe plant that's not going to try to uh, usurp your uh, your position as an apex predator. Uh, why don't you? Uh, <laughs> why don't you pick up a, 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 a flower plant here from the Lily Pot Pop Up Shop? That's what I would do if I were you. Uh, you know what I'd do if I were you? I'd buy a lot of flowers. That's right, John. We're going to talk about. Oh, I forgot to say that got a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That was a ninety. Oh wow! Thing. Yeah. Uh, How about that? So uh, now we're going to talk about Day of the Triffids, a nineteen sixty two sci fi thriller from the UK, The Day of the Triffids. Uh, starring, uh, well, let's see, it's directed by Freddie Francis. Um, why do I know Freddie Francis, John? Why do I know that name? I think he turns up uh, doing some of those Hammer films. Ah, uh, possibly. All right. I think. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. I think he might be like a cinematographer on some of those. Based on a story. Uh, based on a story by uh, by your friend, uh, our friend John Wyndham, uh, starring uh, Howard Keel. Is the main name you're going to know from this, uh, and if you're a fan of uh, the uh, old MGM musicals, you're going to know uh, Howard Keel. Uh, some people, right. I, some people I know may even find him handsome. I'm not going to say who, but uh, some people who are here inside the Lily Pot Pop Up Shop might find him handsome in maybe like something like a Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Or Seven Brides for Seven Triffids. Hey, how you doing? Hey. Yep, 1962, there we go. Uh, and what, Showboat? I think he was in Showboat, wasn't he, with Ava Gardner? He was in a ton of stuff, man. I think most of his career is MGM musicals, yeah. Uh, music by our friend Ron Goodwin, who did the music for uh, uh, Where Eagles Dare. Um, <clears throat> Howard Keel, let's see, what you want to look at Howard Keel's filmography? Let's talk about it. You ready? Go for it. I, yeah, I'm go- you'll, you'll have to carry this because I, I saw it like years ago, like well, let's years talk, and years ago. Let's, let's talk about his, his career. Let's talk about his MGM musicals. All right. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> John, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not really big on musicals, so I know that he is a. I know that was a that was a definite type of picture that he was doing, but I didn't think I. L- I don't listen, think I saw any of listen, them. Listen, he's in Annie. Get your gun with Betty Hutton. Yeah. Uh, he's in Esther Williams with. Uh, pagan love song he's in showboat you're right with ava gardner uh man he's in uh let's see oh here we go warner brothers borrowed him to play wild bill hickok in uh, calamity jane with doris day hey how about that yep then he's then he's back at he's back doing kiss me kate and then uh seven brides uh for seven brothers how about that? With uh, Russ Tamblin. Mm-hmm. And a couple of gargantuas. There you go. Boy, that, that was a real stretch, wasn't it? How about that? <laughs> did, you, did you know that there was a there was a punk band called the Triffids out of Australia? Is there really? <laughs> yeah. I, I put this into a Wikipedia, and it threw up something different. I, I thought I was putting in the movie, and it says... Uh, the Triffids remain one of Australia's best-loved post-punk groups. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Australian al- alternative rock band. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk it? So I guess this thing was based on a book, huh? That's correct. 
Correct. Yes. And the book was very. They they made a lot of changes from the movie to the book. So in the in the in the film that we're watching, there's a meteor shower, and uh, everybody who is exposed to the meteor shower to the light from the meteor shower ends up blind the next day. And then uh, while they're walking around blind, these uh, triffids have landed everywhere. Ostensibly, they never explain. They say that the, the I think they mentioned that the triffids were there before, and then they they kind of. Uh, they kind of uh, uh, take over during the meteor shower. So they never explain fully if the, if the Triffids are are, um, are actual mm. aliens and kind of cause this whole thing. You know, they cause the meteor shower to cause blindness yeah. so that people are are vulnerable because they're basically going to feed. They need blood to survive. Uh, and are they? Well, yeah, they they eat people basically. To so survive. I guess. This was a good double feature because they triffids are a lot like Audrey too. Huh? <laughs> exactly, except the triffids triffids are mobile. That's the that's the different thing. Uh, well, by the end of the movie, I guess that was cut. But it, by the the original ending of uh, of the uh, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, he busts out of his pot and starts walking around. Ah, okay. Well, they are they are so, like triffids then. Yeah, and then those, those, those last shots, they're walking around New York. So yeah, I guess yeah, that's people don't get to see that. That's uh. Yeah, so they, the weird. Triff, they, the triffids kind of poison you and then they eat you. They they hit you with like a whip thing, right? And they they kind of de- debilitate you and then they eat you. And uh, they uh, the, the 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 one they, they get that poor security guard in the beginning. Uh, you know he's going to get it because he goes into. I mean, I mean, it's it's a movie about killer plants and he works in an arboretum. He works in a greenhouse. <laughs> so you, you tell me, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, what do you think is going to happen? The poor guy and. Uh, uh, you know, they have like a what is it like a stinger? I, I don't remember. Is it like yeah, a stinger it's got, and a tail. It's or got something, like a, or? It's like a whip, like kind of like a stinger, and it, uh, it it debilitates you, and then they 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 eat you, is what happens. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a there's a you know what 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 really struck me about the movie is they go really go into the blindness, like about what you know what would happen if all of a sudden everybody went blind. So they're showing like a jetliner that can't land because the the crew is all blind. Wow, and so they just end up crashing because they run out of fuel, and then, you know, there's a you know a train coming into a station, and it just it doesn't know when to stop, so they run into the station and just plow into you know people that are waiting to get on the train, you know, so uh, people are just walking around blind, and so they're vic- they're they're ready to be to be eaten by the triffids. So there's actually some some pretty effective moments in it. What's odd about it is that you have Howard Keel as the lead. He finds a little girl um, who's uh, she's on her way home from boarding school. She gets off of the train that crashed. She survives the train crash. And there's a guy that kind of grabbed her and he wants her to kind of lead her around because she can see. He figures out she can see. I think she's asleep when the whole thing takes place. So she has no idea why nobody can see. And so they, they're like, oh my God, she can see. So everybody's clawing at this little girl. And Howard Keel, uh, who was, oh, the, the, here's the great twist. It's kind of like Walking Dead. He had had eye surgery, and the, the, he was supposed to get his bandages off the next morning. And when he gets up, uh, everyone's blind. And so he takes the the uh, bandages off, and he can see. And so he escapes. He leaves the hospital, and he's kind of walking around London, and all these people are blind, just kind of staggering around. And that he happens upon you the know- well, go ahead. I'm you know, sorry. I think Dan, uh, I think Danny Boyle said that that was the inspiration for Twenty Eight Days Later. That he comes out of the hospital, and uh, I guess he was what he's in a coma. So he, when he comes out of the hospital, he's one of the few people that hasn't been infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of the same, very similar. And then, uh, so there's some really eerie scenes. It's it's pretty effective. But the odd thing is, uh, concurrently with all of this, what's going on in London, there's a couple living on a lighthouse. They're living on an island. They they run the lighthouse, and he's a scientist. He's an alcoholic, and he's kind of like lost his, you know, he he, he can't really function. He's a functioning alcoholic, but he doesn't do much in the way of science. And he's there with his wife, and they're kind of their their relationship is frayed and. You know, you can tell they're not going to be together much longer, and then they get stuck on this island, and they uh, there's Triffids on the island, and they kind of have to fight them off. And he's the one that figures out the the. So it's different from the book in that I believe um, I don't remember how they they fight him in the in the book, but in the movie it turns out that salt water dissolves them. Mm. So he figures out because one gets in and he uses the fire hose that's hooked up to the to the the pump that pumps in seawater to, to uh, he uses it to kind of push back this triffid that's making its way up the lighthouse stairs and it disintegrates much like the wicked witch of the West. <laughs> so, uh, so after that, everybody kind of, you know, that the word goes out that, uh, that you can fight them with seawater. So mm. the people that are left, uh, they fight. And that's the end of the movie. Basically, you know, it's the, the it's Howard Keel and the little girl are basically making their way to the continent to try to, to get help or find out if there's any other survivors. Yep. And, uh, so what'd you think? Did, uh, did you like it? Oh yeah. It's, it's right up my alley. It's, you know, it's a 50, it's a sixties, you know, it's early sixties, you know, late fifties, reminded me a lot of war of the worlds, you know, something, yeah. that, you know, like a, this, you know, and then they, they kind of stole that for signs. It's something mundane that we take for granted. And yeah, uh, and, uh, you know, something unexpected. And then, you know, which, which kind of, you know, it kind of calls into question the plan of the Triffids. Like, why would you try to take over a planet that's mostly the thing that will kill you? You know? Yeah. Is it most of the planet salt water? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But they, they were going to make a gamble. They were going to make a gamble. They were, they, they went for it. So they never really explained it in the movie. I guess in the book, I was reading like differences between the book. In the book, they think that the, that there's a, there's a rumor that the Triffids were part of an experiment, uh, or nuclear testing by the Soviet Union, uh, and uh, that's that's. And then I think later on you find out they're extraterrestrial in origin. But yeah, uh, I thought it was. I, I liked it. I dug it. You know, it's you know those sixty sci fi movies are never uh, the best. Uh, you know, there's very few exceptions. You know, War of the Worlds being one. Um, yeah. But those kind of alien invasion movies. But I thought the plants looked pretty cool. I thought that you know they were cool looking puppets, and you know. Uh, there are some effective scenes of people just getting, uh, you know, eaten by the plants. And then uh, there's one scene in particular, they find a house where this woman has like a house in France, like a giant uh, ch- uh, chateau in France. And she's got all of the neighbors living in there and they can all see. And uh, Howard Keel goes off with another person who could see to kind of, they're hearing, uh, they, they find out that there's all these triffids on the march. They see literally thousands of them. So, they go back to the house to warn everybody, and uh, they nobody wants to go. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. When they go back, these prisoners, these, these prisoners have broken out of a prison, and they're kind of making everybody in the. They're holding everybody in the house hostage. Oh, and wow. um, Howard Keel's able to get the little girl and escape uh, with another woman, the, the lady that lived at the house. And uh, they escape in the van. The prisoners came in, and wh- after they escape, the Triffids break in. You, they, you, you know, it's pretty much implied that they kill everybody. But uh, it's kind of a, it's a really cool scene because you know they're like coming in through the windows and all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah, I, I thought it was very effective. I thought you know for for something as as 
unusual as plants coming to life and eating people, which I don't know is appropriate conversation for a, a lily pot pop up <laughs> shop. Now everyone leaves. Everyone runs out of the out of the lily pot. <laughs> yeah, boy, I talked for a long time just now. I'm sorry about that, guys. I, I apologize. My co-host. No, is no, John. no. I was wondering. Uh, you know, I can't remember much of it. How did the plants look? Is it like? Is it obvious that they're like on wires or? Yeah, I mean, they look they look a little puppety, but uh, I, I, they're still cool. You know, part of the appeal of watching these movies is uh, is just trying to see how they did it and whether you know the measure of success they had. You know. So I, I'm always a big fan. You know, we have you and I have pretty high standards. I just watched a British movie called The Giant Behemoth, which is kind of a takeoff on Beasts from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. And boy, when you watch a movie like that, you really appreciate the work that like Ray Harryhausen does, <laughs> right? <laughs> to put personality into this, you know, into these puppets and stuff, you know, or into this stop motion. You know, it's all we always talk about that. Audrey too had yeah. personality and things like that. So the Triffids are menacing enough. They're they're menacing definitely, um, but you can kind of tell they look a little puppety. So you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess so. Yeah, it seemed like I was reading about the book, and it, uh, maybe in the book it was a bigger. There was more plot lines about all these blind people walking around. I think there was supposed to be like a colony where there each blind person was uh, chained to a sighted person or something like that. They're, they do all this stuff like how they're trying to use, you know, uh, sighted people to help the blind people get around and all that. Yeah, there's a little bit yeah. of that in that in the chateau scene. There's a little bit of that where you have uh, the kind of the, the people who can see. Her. There's sighted people there, and they, they're helping the blind people. But it's a lot of uh, blind people, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody, uh, somebody recently, like in the last couple decades, did a book, and I can't think of who it was. I don't think, I don't think it was Stephen King, but somebody wrote a book, I can't remember. It was like a one-word title. It was like blind or white out or something, but it was about some event that renders most people on the whole planet blind, and what that means for the handful of people that aren't, you know. And uh, you know, the usual thing happens. You know, bad people try to, you know, I, you know, bad people try to get these colonies going and try to, like, you know, get one person who can see they can really, you know, run the place, you know. Was it true sight? Blindness? Might be called blindness. I think it was like a one one word title. But I remember reading the review and think it sounded fascinating because it was, you know, when you've only got a handful of people on the whole planet that can see, they can really, you know they can really be you know, they're they're kings of the whole place because, you know, everybody nobody else can see. In know? a kingdom of the blind man, John, a one eyed man is king. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, there's a book I just read called House Book of M, the Book of M, and it was about a disease that uh, where uh, people start losing their people's shadows start disappearing. And, oh yeah. And um, you know what's funny? I didn't I didn't finish it. It was an audio book, and I didn't finish it. Um, mm. I, it kind of lost me halfway through because, and I'll tell you this: this is going to sound terrible. It was it was an audio book, and uh, there were two performers, and one of the performers was really good, and the other person's performance really didn't do it for me, and I just kind of lost it. I, I, I kind of lost interest. Yeah, and I never finished it. But the premise was great. It was uh, people's shadows started disappearing, and then shortly after the shadows start disappearing, their memory starts to go. And, wow. Um, yeah, and so it's kind of you know, so it's a whole thing where like people are suspicious of because then people don't know that they they can't remember that like fire doesn't hurt them, so they like 
set themselves on fire not knowing they because because they can't remember that fire's dangerous so they'll die like you know or they can't remember that they can't swim and they'll jump into a swimming pool you know it's just weird things like that so it's a really are you are you going to get are you going to get the book so you can finish it <laughs> I, don't I don't know i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> you're like it's not that important <laughs> it's, it's really not I, I i actually ended up going on wikipedia and reading the ending and going well okay like uh okay that's fine you know it was it was a, our, our, I remember you telling me a couple of weeks ago that it was fascinating, but I, I I didn't realize that you got to the point where it wasn't being performed very well. After a while, I just it, it just took a long time to get where it was going. Like I felt like if it, it it was like a movie, I felt like it could have it could have lost about a a third in the middle. And it so maybe been... is it the per, is it the person reading it or is it the writing? No, no, the writing's not bad. It's just it's very uh, it's hard to explain. You know where it's going, and you you're just like okay. So you, you don't need to, you don't need to take this long to get there. You know what I mean? So like, you're getting impa- you're getting impatient with all the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, after a while, there's only so many. Uh, I mean, there are cool little things where you know you you what 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 ends up happening is you you, you start focusing on a couple of characters, and you really want to yeah. see what's going on in the outside world. And so you're yeah, like, you're like okay, like you know this, this character stuff is fine, but. I'm more fascinated by what's happening out in the world because the the people who misremember things change them. So, like, if you're close by and you start forgetting what a deer looks like and, and I walk outside and I can remember things, the deer are going to look different because you changed it with your mind. So it's Oh, wow. That's yeah, crazy. so there's some, there's some crazy elements to it, and I wanted to explore more of that. Yeah. And it was really more like, you know, it was like, oh, this – couple that are trying to find each other and you're like okay i you know okay. <laughs> you're like okay i'm done <laughs> yeah i was just like all right you know but uh it, i mean it's worth checking out I just, uh, but yeah one of the performances really just didn't do it for me so it should have been read by roger moore oh my god you catch, the, you catch that <laughs> yeah james mason reads the house of Hello. it should have been read by the late roger moore oh i think we could put james mason in the day of triffitts and it would be great it would be he not, not against the Howard Keel role. You got to keep Howard Keel because you got to keep the ladies. You got to satisf- satisfy the ladies in the audience. That's right. With the strapping Howard Keel. <laughs> the strapping Howard Keel. Yep. And introducing the strapping. The strapping Howard, Howard, Keel. Howard Keel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I wonder what uh, what I wonder what is uh, Stephanie's favorite Howard Keel movie. I believe it's uh, it's Calamity Jane. I believe that's her favorite. Ah. Calamity. How do you feel about that movie, John? Uh, I don't think I've seen it. Are you, is that the one with uh, Is that the one with uh, Betty Hutton? No, that's Doris Day. I think I have seen the one with Betty Hutton. Was he in that one too? Is yeah, that yeah. Wild Bill. Yep, yep. Uh, he's Wild Bill Hickok in Calamity Jane. Yeah, I think I have seen. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen the one with Betty Hutton. You're not a big Doris Day fan. Uh, she's fine. I just haven't seen it. I'm just not big on musicals. So <laughs> right. there's a lot of musicals I haven't seen. All right. Okay. Well, we're still friends. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. All right. Well, that's... Well, you, I'm know, gonna give... right, you know, uh, Roger Moore was in a musical, and it was called Spice World. That's right. That's right. So, John, can you give me... another shout-out to Stephanie. Can you do me a favor? Yes. Can you tell me what you want, what you really, really want? <laughs> uh, well, that one's for Justine. Uh, you and you now you say I'll tell you what I want what I really really want I wanna I wanna how do I know this make sure you have lots of ginger spice oh yeah I should be drinking that right now in my tea (laughs) 
nice ginger spice tea. That sounds delicious. It sounds lovely. There you go. Uh, all right, John. That's, I'm going to give David the trivia. I'm going to give it. You know what? It's going to be a solid. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. A solid six for me. Um, it's pretty cool. Well, one of these days, I will see it again. Yeah, but you did see this earlier. You saw this when you were younger. I oof, I saw it probably when I was like in my thirties. And, and I can't re- I can't remember what I thought of it. <laughs> and you you saw it now. You said you have a friend who's obsessed with it, right? Yeah, Dave Zach is that? Is uh, that yeah, I think I got the movie wrong. Later on, I started thinking, no, that's not the one. <laughs> so yeah, my my memory is so hazy. I'm be- I'm wondering why this movie didn't leave more of an impression because it's a pretty fascinating concept, you know. I love it. I do. I love it. Maybe you should just maybe you should just read the book. <laughs> yeah, maybe the, the book's always better, John. Yeah. All right. John, this is a great great time. Well, I hope so. What do you think? <laughs> I, I hope the fidelity. Uh, when I go back to listen to this, I'll find out what the fidelity was like. You, you sound great. It sounds like you're on a phone maybe four or five miles away. Okay. Because I, I usually, when I'm on my cell phone, it sounds like I'm in a tin can. No, so. you sound great. Yeah. It sounds like a radio call-in show. <laughs> Which, Radio call-in shows, boy. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. John, let's talk about it real quick. Uh, the Lillipot uh, pop-up shop is going to be in town until Sunday. So come on back. It's Mother's Day right around the corner. Pick up all your floral needs right here at the Lillipot pop-up shop with your proprietor, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Howdy. I wonder if she answered us. <laughs> I wonder how close she is to the speakers. I don't know. I wonder if she's going to play this more than once. You think she's going to play it more than once? Oh, yeah, that's right. She could put this. I don't know why she'd want to, but she could put it on a continuous loop. <laughs> I wouldn't do loop. I would do it once a day when there's guests in there. <laughs> once a day. And it'd be, it'd be like we're, we're there with her. Yeah, we're, it's like we're right here with her all day working. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say she's working, but, uh, yeah. you know, from what I see. Yeah. Yeah. Is she running that single-handedly, or is there somebody helping her? I believe she's running it single-handedly. Wow. That's a, that's a long day. I believe I believe she's running it single-handedly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, the photos well, look great. So buy lots of flowers right now. Run out to the lily pot and buy lots of flowers. Well, they're already here, John. They're here inside okay. the lily pot. This okay, so our- run right up to the register. Grab some flowers and run right up to the register. John, what do you think that our voice is going out in the UK, like people can hear us in the UK. I know it's weird. It's weird. It's uh, strange. Well, is... you know me. I, I have even less of a concept of how you know. <laughs> I think more people are a little more settled in with how uh, how global technology is. And I, whenever you say that, oh yeah, we've got a fan in the UK. I'm all really. <laughs> Our voice like, is echoing off of walls in a I shop. I know. I can't get my brain around it. UK. You know. That's right. This is or a home... the fan we got in New Zealand. You know, I just like really all the way. This is the this is this the UK is so you, you, the home of the Buzzcocks, home of the Beatles, home of the Stones, home of the Kinks, home of the Who, home of the Clash, home of the Sex Pistols, uh, and of course home of John Cleese. Uh, yeah, all of the home of Peter Sellers, home of James Mason, That's right. home of uh, That's right. Roger Moore, home of all of these people that we love, John and everybody our, cool. Herbert Marshall, James Mason, David Bowie, everybody cool, <laughs> David Bowie, uh, Leslie Howard, those jerks from Oasis. Uh, <laughs> That's so great. 
Right. The Beatles, the Stones, and of course, those jerks from Oasis. <laughs> and of course, the greatest band that ever trod Manchester soil, the Buzzcocks. Uh, the Oasis. Aren't the Oasis, isn't Oasis from Manchester? I think so. Look well, inside there you go. the you eye the, of the, your the alpha and the, the alpha and the Omega, because the Buzzcocks, you know. Yeah. One of the top, I would say they're in the top five rock and roll bands of all time. Are you serious? You put them in the top yep. five? Yep. Yep. Who, let me. That's just my, that's, that's my top five. That's not for all time. That's okay. not for, right. you know what I mean? For me, if I was on a desert island, I would have to have, you know, the, the singles going steady by the Buzzcocks. Let me hear, I would have to. Let me hear your top five, your top five rock bands of all time. My top five what? Your top five rock bands of all time. What are your top five? My top five rock bands of all time? Yeah, yours. So we know the Buzzcocks are very, in there. Very tough. Very tough. Almost impossible to do. But you'd have to have the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You'd have to have the Stones. Mm-hmm. You'd have to have the Kinks. Mm-hmm. And, you'd, and you'd have to have the Buzzcocks. Now, that only leaves one opening, and I've got to put an American band in there. And you know what? <laughs> so, it's it's got to be Credence. Um, boy, it would have to be, wouldn't it? What, why it would have it? To be Cre- it would have to be Credence Clearwater Revival. Or X. <laughs> there you that's, go. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. How about you? Right now, top five all time right now. Ooh, all the Kinks, number one. Yeah. I gotta go my uh, my top five all time. I gotta go Kinks. Yeah. I gotta go Credence. I uh, the Beasties have to be in there. The Beastie mm. Boys are in there for me. Uh, just because I have so much. Uh, I have so many good memories. And then, um, ooh. Three, uh, that's four and five, man. That's a lot. That could be anybody. I know, it's rough. That could be, we're just talking, we're just talking rock. Rock and roll, right? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. It's tough. You just have to do it quickly because I'm already saying, ooh, why didn't I say Bowie? Ooh, why didn't I say Led Zeppelin? Yeah, you know, ooh, I, I'm gonna well, say. Why I, I'm gonna say. Yeah. I'm gonna say Zeppelin. Zeppelin yeah. goes in there. And, I know, and probably Bowie. Yeah, probably. See, how did I do a? How did I do a top five without Led Zeppelin and Bowie? Yeah, but I can't leave out the Buzzcocks and I can't leave out the Kinks. So that gets it. It, gets, it makes it real rough. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I I go BC Boys. Not that I put them on the same level as the rest of those bands, but they are my personal. That's a personal. Yeah, this favorite. is personal. This is not like we have the weight of the world. Like you have to pick what's yeah. going to go into the you know the, the the time capsule. But for me, if it's just me and like I'm going to be just you know stuck somewhere for a few weeks and I can't go out, imagine that. Uh, hey, there you go. That uh, what would I want? And if somebody said, "Well, you've only got room for five, you know, five bands, five best of," that'd probably be it. But oh, yeah, I mean, Christ, you know, how do you leave Zeppelin out? I don't know. Hey, hey, mama, said the way you move. <laughs> well, I guess that shows you how much I love the Buzzcocks. Is it just it's like, well, if it's between Zeppelin and the Buzzcocks, I guess I guess, I guess Zeppelin loses. So. Uh, yeah, maybe. But, uh, I mean, you know, again, personal preference. So we're not mad at you. How about you, the Who? How did the how did the Who not make that list? <laughs> that's what I was asking. That's what I yeah. to myself, you know. Okay, so maybe we should make it a top ten. <laughs> no, we'll just keep it. It'll never end. It'll be a never ending so, story. We, you know, we used to do that. I used to work at a record store. Uh, 
I mean, you know that, but for, for all the listeners, um, and we used to sit around doing that, you know, it got kind of like high fidelity, you know, you're sitting around making lists when it's slow and we'd start off with, okay, top 10 bands of all time. And then you go, Oh, I can't, let's make it 20. Eh, well, you know, let's chop it into American British. Okay. Let's make it seventies, eighties, nineties. Okay. How about this? And by the time we're done, it's like a hundred bands, you know, yeah. you're like, well, what good is that? <laughs> top hundred bands of all time, you know? Oh, I could do that easy. But uh, we always started off with 10. Okay, no more than 10. Just you got to stick with it. And finally, you're just like, well, how about 50s, 60s, 70s? How about 10 bands for every decade? I always like like, to do things like uh, best song by a band you can't stand. You know, there's always a song by a band that you hate. (laughs) And you're like, God, I hate that I like this song. I love doing stuff like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite movie by an actor you can't stand. You're like, oh, God, I, I usually hate him, but I got to say Jim Carrey is great in Liar, Liar. You know? it's Oh, God, it's even worse with movies because we'd say, okay, top 10 movies of all time. And then you start going, eh, well, how about this? We uh, t- top 10 comedies, top 10 dramas, yep, top yep. 10 sci fi. Mm-hmm. And then you're back. Next thing you know, you got 100 movies. You know? <laughs> I, got, I got a question for you. Top yeah. 10, I would, give me your top five pop up flower shops. You. you well, let's see. You'd have to do the lily pot. Yep. And uh, That's it then for me. the uh, the lily pot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, lily pot. Uh-huh. And then the one next door, the lily pot. Yep. And fifth would be the lily pot. Uh, that you, you, amen, brother. Amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> amen. <laughs> hey, John. This was the choir. This was fantastic. We had a nice little time here, man. It was nice to talk yeah. to you. Yeah. I hadn't seen you in a few weeks. Yeah, I, I miss you. I do too, man. I hope you're good. I hope you're good and, and uh, you stay safe during all this craziness because... Uh, you too. Um, just, yeah, uh, stay safe. Stay uh, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird time. It's a very weird time right now. Uh, you know, trying to think of like the last time <laughs> the whole globe was engaged in something like I guess. You'd have to say World War Two, I guess. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing. I, I, I wanted to say this real quick. It's funny because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people who are kind of nonchalant about this. And I think it's because in America, we've always had that habit. You know, during World War II, we were, we were late to react. And, uh, you know, our geography has always kind of kept us away from, you know, th- these bigger conflicts, you know. And so, yeah. you know, we didn't see a lot of during World War Two. I mean, you know, you had a few instances where, you know, like a Japanese submarine would pop up and maybe shoot in an oil refinery or something. And then that was it. But nothing really, you know, no invasion, nothing like that. No threat of it, really. And uh, our geography's kind of always kept us safe. And I think you're seeing a lot of that in the resp- in the lack of response by a lot of people here. But um, also, I'd say that as a generation, we haven't been tested like our, our parents and our grandparents were tested, they had to sacrifice, they had to do things to keep, to keep this, you know, their way of life alive. And uh, now, you know, our generation and generations behind us, younger, you know, this is a, we're going to be tested in a way we haven't been, and we're going to have to meet the challenge. You know? I hope so. Uh, and listen, in the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase uh, John F. Kennedy. I'm going to say, ask not what your country can do for you, Ask what you can not not do for your country. Just sit down <laughs> and uh, hang out and wait and you know and do what you, what's being asked. And I know people all around the world are being asked to uh, to to take measures. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, do the right thing and all get through this. But uh, yeah, you know. And uh, but if you have to go, we gotta, out, we, gotta th- th- we have to look out for each other. Is what it is. You got to think about what's going on. You know, next door is there anybody that needs help? 
is there somebody who's just not able to get out who's older you just got to you have to kind of pitch in and help everybody exactly and you know what helps is a lovely bouquet of flowers from the lily pot pop-up shop that's right help help make uh, people self-quarantine a little bit brighter with some lovely flowers that's right. Some pretty pretties for your doxy, governor. Now what we should do is you and I, for the next 10 minutes, should just uh, say, uh, we should just uh, say lily pot over and over. Like, oh, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, lily pot, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, lily pot, lily pot, lily pot, lily pot, lily pot, lily pot, pie flowers. Peas and carrots, lily pot, lily pot. Uh, all right, John, I'm going to, let's wrap it up and we're going to say, uh, uh, Stephanie, thank you for, uh, for hosting us, uh, this, for this hour. And I think hour you had and a half. great idea. Yeah. Mario, you had, a, you had a great idea. Thank you for having, thank, well, we have to thank Stephanie for having us. Otherwise we'd just be talking to each other. This would just be a normal phone conversation for us. Yeah. I, I hope this worked out, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, and even if it didn't, uh, it was a bold experiment, right? It doesn't always it work out. Bold experiment. It doesn't always work I like- out. It's like the flying saucers at Disneyland. It doesn't always work out. And in two <laughs> years, there'll be another attraction for you to enjoy. I love that. Our, your podcast is like the Flying Saucers at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, wow. Thanks, I think. Uh, no, you said it. You said it. You know, the, the, you know those things are back, right? They're back in – they're basically back. It's the Luigi thing in uh, – or they were back. They had like those big hovercraft in, uh, in oh, cars. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll bring back the Phantom Boats. Love it. I want just the motorboat cruise. <laughs> I saw a trailer for the uh, Jungle Boat movie. Oh, God, it looks the terrible. Jungle, the Jungle Cruise movie with, look, uh, with Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> it looks terrible. It looks awful. Oh, man. Uh, well, but I digress. You're trying to end the show, and I'm digressing. That's okay. We really don't want it to end. We really don't. Uh, we're having fun with our friend Stephanie over there. High five, Stephanie. Yes, she did it. I can tell she did it. Uh, John, a virtual hug for you. I love you, man. And, uh, right back at you. Take care of yourself. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this again real soon, like we'll, next Wednesday. Yeah, like next Wednesday. All right. I guess we are we are we going to do it this way next Wednesday? Maybe. <laughs> well, here's the thing: we have to. You, do you have a smartphone? I don't. Oh, you just have a flip. I, you have a flippy, right? You have a. You don't, I do. You don't. Yep. Have, okay. There's an app you need to download called Anchor in order for all of us to talk. Okay. So we need to get that, but I don't think you can get it. We'll have to, we'll figure it out. I might, okay. I might be able to call you and have Anchor going at the same time. I'm going to see if I can do that. Then, okay. Uh, so that, that's an app. If I, had, if I had a smartphone, that would be an app, right? Yes, sir. Okay. We'll see what it can do. Don't get a smartphone. You don't have a smartphone. Okay. okay. Don't run out and get a smartphone. Not at this time. Don't right. spend any money unnecessarily. Okay. But, uh, all right, John. For, so for John Sandy, for myself, for our, the proprietor and our, and our host today, the Lily Pot, uh, we say... This transmission ends now. <laughs>